how weeds spread an excerpt from weeds by vernon h davis an ohio state university agricultural college extension bulletin volume five number one september nineteen o nine this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. No one thing, with the possible exception of insects and diseases, gives the farmer such persistent and costly annoyance as weeds. Annuals and biennials are reproduced almost entirely from seed. Plants of these classes especially spring up in the most unexpected places after two or three seasons of comparative freedom from white top the meadows are white with it again chess grows in wheat ragweed in wheat stubble shepherd's purse and purslane in the gardens about as often as these particular crops are repeated it has been found that the seeds of many of these weeds will retain their vitality for fifteen to twenty-five years possibly longer and not all of a given year's seed grows in any one year this great vitality will explain in part at least why it is so hard to completely eradicate any weed from a given piece of land even though all reseeding may be prevented a careful study of the plant and its environment will usually give some clue to the way a weed has gained a foothold in a given locality and how it continues to spread from place to place weeds spread in two general ways the natural in which the plant is unaided by any human agencies and the artificial including all those ways by which man aids in their distribution the natural methods are in turn subdivided into two classes those belonging entirely to the plant itself and those in which the plant or some part of it is modified in such a way as to take advantage of some natural agent the wind water or animals among the methods belonging solely to the plant we have first spreading by means of runners that is by slender radiating branches producing new plants at every node or joint of the stem. The common strawberry, sinkfoil, and orange hawk weed are plants that spread generally in this manner. Another similar method is found in plants having weak, slender stems that grow upright and then lop over until the tips come in contact with the soil, where they take root and form new plants. The wild raspberry and dewberry are good examples of plants that spread in this manner. Many troublesome weeds spread almost entirely by means of underground stems. These run along under the ground, producing buds that develop into new plants at every joint. The dreaded ox-eye daisy spreads in this manner. Still other plants spread by running roots very similar to root stalks except that they have no definite joints or buds and shoots are likely to spring up from any point along their course 
Canada thistle, horse nettle, and pea vine are all weeds spreading in this way. These natural methods, so far described, favor the formation of dense patches or colonies of plants, usually occupying the soil almost to the exclusion of all other plants, but permitting the plant to spread slowly. One of the most interesting and yet least known methods by which plants travel short distances is by throwing the seeds. In the fruit or seed cases of various plants, there is a tension set up in various ways as the parts ripen, which is suddenly released, throwing the seeds several feet away from the parent plant. The pods of the touch-me-not, the common tare or wild bean, the sorrel, and some of the spurges all develop this tension in ripening, which, when suddenly released, throws the seeds short distances. Let us now consider some of the methods by which weeds spread by the aid of external natural agencies, as wind, water, and animals. The common thistle, dandelion, wild lettuce, and many other plants of the compositae family have seeds to which a part of the flower, calyx, adheres in the form of a downy parachute, pappus. The seeds of the common milkweed are provided with a tuft of hairs, which is a direct outgrowth from the seed coat. In the fall of the year, the air is full of these little fluffy bodies, but if we examine them carefully, we will find that the seed has dropped from all of those sailing along so easily in a gentle breeze. In a heavy wind or storm, seeds may be carried many miles in this way. The seeds of the trumpet creeper and the broad and narrow-leafed docks are winged, and by these appendages they may be carried considerable distances by the wind. On plains or level stretches where the winds are strong, a curious habit of seed dispersal has been developed by certain plants known as tumbleweeds. They are more numerous and best developed in the prairie regions where the true tumbleweed, Amaranthus albus, is the principal one. Others less striking are found in nearly every community. A typical tumbleweed should have a circular compact top, ten or more inches in diameter, thickly branched in order to catch the wind, light yet strong enough to hold together, and supplied with abundant seeds, clinging to the plant with considerable tenacity, in order that only a few may be dropped at any one time. It must also be provided with some means permitting it to become easily detached from the ground. Probably the most common of this class in this section is the old witch grass, the panicles of which can be seen along the fences and in the ditches everywhere in the fall of the year. In the winter time, when the ground is covered with snow and ice, the strong winds often scurry the large angular seeds of the great and common ragweed over the smooth surfaces for long distances. Water, next to wind, is the most important natural agent in the distribution of seeds. 
every dashing rain carries innumerable seeds into the muddy hillside rivulets it creates every flood brings down large quantities of weed seeds that find lodgment over the lowlands and make the task of keeping such lands reasonably free from weeds doubly difficult darwin in his origin of species describes a simple experiment illustrating this point very well he says i took in february three tablespoons of mud from three different points beneath the water's surface on the edge of a little pond this mud dried weighed only six and three-fourths ounces i kept it covered in my study for six months pulling up and counting each plant as it grew the plants were of many kinds and were altogether five hundred and thirty-seven in number another natural means of weed migration lies in the carrying of seeds by animals many weedy plants as the wild raspberry blackberry pokeweed moonseed etc have fruits that are largely eaten by birds and the hard seeds often pass through the alimentary canal undigested if the conditions are favorable they may germinate and grow wherever they are dropped domestic animals often distribute weed seeds from field to field and from farm to farm in the same way perhaps the most important way in which animals either wild or domesticated aid in the distribution of weeds is by bearing the seeds on their coats the way in which the burrs of the burdock sand or cockle burrs spanish needles beggars lice etc stick to the hair of animals and clothing of persons is familiar to all perhaps we little thought as we picked these objects off from our trousers or the fur of our favorite dog or the tails of our horses and cows just how we had served these plants these various methods of weed dispersal are effective over moderate areas but are entirely inadequate to explain the rapid migration of weeds many examples of which we have seen in recent times those plants that have become weeds have probably spread more by the various artificial agencies than by all the natural agencies combined a brief summary of some of the more important artificial methods may suggest ways by which the distribution can be checked one roots and seeds carried in farm machinery the roots and underground stems of the canada thistle horse nettle pea vine and all weeds that spread from these parts are scattered almost exclusively by the cultivating tools the bulbs of wild garlic spread very slowly until scattered by the plow and the harrow while the weeds of this kind are not very likely to be carried off the farm by the cultivating tools seeds are likely to be carried by self-binders and threshing machines that go from farm to farm without cleaning two seeds and bulbs carried in plants and nursery stock the possibility of introducing bad weeds in this way are very good the nut grass of the southwest and west came to new orleans from the west indies with garden plants and was introduced into arkansas 
from New Orleans with strawberry plants. 3. Weed seeds are often carried in packings of various kinds. In the packing of crockery, glassware, castings, etc., cheap hay or straw is invariably used, and the presence of weed seeds in it may be taken as a matter of course. This material usually gains a wide distribution and is finally thrown out into some vacant lot or reaches the fields through stable manures. The common woolly mullen probably came from France in crockery packing. 4. Weeds carried in hay. This offers a most ready and dangerous means for the dissemination of weeds. It is so dangerous because it is so hard to control. Tradition has it that the Canada thistle was first introduced into the United States in northern New York in hay brought over for General Burgoyne's horses during the Revolutionary War. Be this as it may, it is always best to avoid hay from regions known to be infested with bad weeds. 5. Weed seeds carried in commercial seeds. This affords by far the most important means for the carrying of weeds from place to place. It is safe to say that more weeds have come to us through impure field and garden seeds than from all other sources combined. In order to be extensively distributed with a commercial seed, the weed seed must be approximately of the same size, shape, weight, and color as the former. Otherwise, it will be separated out easily by the modern methods of cleaning or will be readily detected. 6. Weeds introduced as useful or ornamental plants. A number of our most troublesome weeds fall into this category. The seed of the ox-eye daisy was brought to Rhode Island in 1715 and sown for horse feed. Wild garlic escaped from the gardens of the early Germantown settlers where it was used as a flavoring. Purslane was cultivated for greens in Massachusetts and was later taken to Michigan where it was grown for the same purpose. Wild carrot, morning glory, poppy, and others have escaped to the wild from the old vegetable and flower gardens and in many cases have become serious pests. Successful measures in destroying weeds are founded upon a knowledge of the life of the weed and the manner of its propagation. To avoid introducing or spreading weeds is always better than destroying them. End of How Weeds Spread, an excerpt from Weeds by Vernon H. Davis, an Ohio State University Agricultural College Extension Bulletin, Volume 5, Number 1, September 1909. Read for LibriVox by Sue Anderson.